0: Is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick
1: Donahue with you this Saturday morning. We are live. We are in studio. And we are going to start out by wishing everybody a happy new year. And we're going to start out here with our weekly wrap up for the first week of 2024 and the market-registered losses following nine straight weeks of gain to close out 2023. Profit-taking activity in the mega-cap stocks and other stocks that outperformed last year contributed to the downbeat price action. The mega-cap ETF growth fund fell 3% versus a 1.5% decline in the S&P 500. The S&P 500 Equal Weight ETF, meanwhile, declined 1.3% this week. Apple was a standout loser, dropping nearly 6% after two analyst downgrades and news that the Department of Justice is getting close to filing an antitrust case against Apple, according to the New York Times. Notably, areas of the market that held up better this week compared to mega caps were either left out of last year's gains or saw less robust gains than the mega cap stocks. The Russell 3000 growth index sank 2.8% versus a six-tenths of 1% decline in the Russell 3000 value index. The difference here: the value index are typically companies that pay dividends. The only three S&P 500 sectors to register a decline in 2023 saw some of the largest gains this week. The utility sector, which fell 10.2% last year, logged a 1.8% gain this week. The energy sector, which declined 4.8% in 2023, climbed 1.1% this week. And the consumer staples sector, which fell 2.2% last year, closed with a three-tenths of one percent gain. The healthcare sector was another top performer, registering a two point one percent gain. It was also among the worst performing sectors last year, eking out a three tenths of one percent gain. Meanwhile, heavily weighted information technology was down four point one, consumer discretionary down three and a half. Those were the sectors that saw the largest declines after outperforming last year. In addition to profit taking activity. Rising market rates also contributed to the negative bias this week, with a 10-year yield past 4%. The 10-year note yielded climbed 16 basis points, that would be 0.16% to 4.04%, and the two-year note rose 14 basis points to 4.39%. The price action in Treasuries was partially due to recalibration of rate cut expectations, After the minutes from the December 12th and 13th FOMC meeting were less dovish than hoped. In discussing the policy outlook, the committee viewed the policy rate as likely at or near the peak of its tightening cycle. But the Fed made it clear, however, that it isn't divorcing itself entirely from the idea that it might still have to raise rates again. Some economic releases on Friday added to the rate cut uncertainty. The December Employment Situation Report featured better-than-expected non-farm payrolls, average hourly earnings, and a steady unemployment rate versus expectations for an increase. The December ISM Services PMI showed a larger-than-expected deceleration in December in the service sector growth. And the solid employment numbers may keep the Fed from cutting rates as much as the market had expected, whereas the soft reading for business activity in the nation's largest sector – would perhaps keep the Fed aligned with the market's rate cut expectations. So the probability of a 25-point basis cut cut to five to five and a quarter percent at the March FOMC meeting is at 68.3%. A week ago it was at 88.5%. So taking a look at the weekly action, we'll start out with Tuesday. The stock market entered the 2024 on a mixed note. Profit-taking activity in the make cap stocks and other stocks that outperformed last year weighed over the broader market following in nine straight weeks of gains to close out 2023. Apple, as I mentioned earlier, was the influential loser, dropping 3% after a Markleys, Markley's downgrade to underweight from eco-weight. Still, the major industries held up okay due to some underlying strength in areas of the market, they either left out last year's gains or saw less robust gains compared to mega-cap stocks. The only three S&P 500 sectors to register a decline in 2023 saw some of their largest gains on Tuesdays. Again, as I mentioned earlier, the utility sector, which fell 10.2% last year, logged a 1.4% gain. Energy, which declined 4.8%, declined 1.2%. And consumer stable sector, which fell 2.2, closed with a 1.2% gain. The Treasury market (coughs) experienced some some selling despite increased geopolitical worries in the Red Sea after Iran sent a warship there in response to the U.S. destroy three uh, 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 rebel boats. So reviewing Tuesday's economic data. September, the S&P 500 Global U.S. Manufacturing PMI came in at a final at 47.9. It was 49.4 before, so that's a drop. We also saw November construction spending was up four-tenths of one percent. That was revised to uh, earlier, but it was also revised. It went up to 1.2 from 0.6. So the key takeaway from this report is the strength seen in new single-family construction which is badly needed in the supply of existing homes on the market, was severely constrained. On Wednesday, the stock market registered broad-based losses uh, for the day. The Russell 2000 underperformed all of the major indices, declining 2.7%. Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P and the NASDAQ declined 0.8% and 1.2%, respectively. (coughs) Early selling, driven by profit-taking activity, had the major indices trading down ahead of the 2 p.m. Eastern Time release of the minutes of the December 12th and 13th FOMC meeting. The market experienced some volatility in response to the minutes, only settling near its session lows. The S&P 500 briefly slipped below the 4,700 level uh, to the low of the day. In discussing the policy outlook, the committee viewed the policy rate as likely at or near its peak, for this tightening cycle, the Fed made it clear, however, that it isn't divorcing itself entirely from the idea that it might still have to raise rates again. Rate cut expectations were decreased slightly following the release. Just about everything participated in the downside moves on Wednesday. Early selling in the Treasury market started to dissipate before 2 p.m. Eastern, but yields hit their st- st- intraday lows following the release. So, reviewing Wednesday's economic data. We saw the weekly mortgage banker association's application index was down 9.4%. That means a 9.4% drop in new apps a week ago prior to that was down 1.5%. We also saw the December IFSIM, that's the Institute of Supply Management Manufacturing Index, was at 47.4. A month ago it was at 46.7. The key takeaway from this report is that the manufacturing sector remains stuck in contraction, The report is not devoid of good market news as the prices index slid to 45.2 from from 49.9 reflects a further easing of inflation pressures. We also saw the November jolts or job openings report and uh, the openings were at 8.79 million. And uh, then, of course, we'll go on here and we'll go ahead and take a quick break. I guess we'll be right back and then we'll talk about Thursday and Friday. Thanks for being with us.
0: New Year savings are on now at DeWard and Bodie with fresh deals on Whatcom and Skagit County's best selection of appliances, mattresses, and more. Ready to jumpstart your kitchen remodel or upgrade your laundry room? How about starting the new year with better sleep? DeWard and Bodie showrooms are stocked full of New Year savings on washers and dryers, refrigerators, freezers, dishwashers, ranges, wall ovens, cooktops, and so much more. Plus mattresses, adjustable bases, box springs, and more. Bundle and save with exclusive cashback rebates up to $500 on Pairs and packages. Shop best selling brands like Whirlpool, LG, KitchenAid, GE, and more. Plus a premium selection of luxury brands like Bosch, Thermidor, Gen Air, Mila, Sub Zero, and Wolf. Kick off the new year with the upgrades you want today and put no money down with no interest special financing up to two years on qualifying appliance purchases. Achieve your dream home upgrades with the appliances you've always wanted during New Year Savings at DeWard and Bodie in Bellingham and Burlington. Financing OAC offer qualifications and restrictions. Supply.
2: Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions supply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan.
3: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95 cheaper? And you can get it online. Go to hims.com/joy. Through Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, and the process is 100 online. To start your free online visit, go to hims.com/joy. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Do you find yourself stuck in a timeshare? Get the real facts about the timeshare industry and your options for cancellation. Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group, has put together a free information guide that reveals the secrets the timeshare industry doesn't want you to know, including the five ways to get rid of your timeshare. Call now and get this timeshare cancellation guide absolutely free.
0: Call 800-330-2929. That's 800-330-2929. 800-330-2929.
4: The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life, and I had to start again
1: with just my children and
0: my wife.
1: Welcome back to Wake Up Live. Get that my tongue around that one a little bit, anyway. We're Asset Advisors. We are located out on the Pacific Highway, that's Old Highway 99, north of the Slater Road on your right in the Pacific Commerce Center We're next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway, Suite 101, Ferndale, 98248, phone number 360-733-1200, and check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. Okay, continuing on with this week's economic update and market update, we'll talk about Thursday's action, and it started out on a positive bias. The advanced decline line favored advancers at both the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, and the major indices are mostly trading higher. Buying activity was modest, but it was broad-based. Some earlier buying enthusiasm started to dissipate around midday, though, which led the S&P 500 to trade around 4700 level in the afternoon. A surge of selling, especially in the mega-cap stocks, drove the major indices to their worst levels of the session just before the close. The S&P 500 ultimately settled below 4700 The mega-cap growth ETF logged a four-tenth of 1% loss, due in part to the weakness in Apple. Other mega-cap stocks were trading higher in the early going, but they also rolled over before the close. Market participants were reacting to rising rates Recalibrating of rate cut expectations after some strong data from the market labor market ahead of the December jobs report on Friday. So, reviewing Thursday's economic data, we saw that the December ADP employment change was up 164 thousand. We also saw the weekly initial claims at 202 thousand and weekly continuing claims at 1.855 million. So the key takeaway from this report is that the ADP number, and that is the labor market, is still in good shape, which is good news for the economy, if not for the market's aggressive rate cut outlook. So we also saw the December S and P Global U.S. Services PMI come in at a final of 51.4. On Friday, stocks and bonds had a somewhat choppy session. The S and P closed just below the 4700 level with a two tenths of one percent gain. The NASDAQ composite and the Dow Jones Industrial Average each logged a tenth of 1% gain and the Russell 2000 declined three-tenths of 1%. Market participants were digesting the December Employment Situation Report and the December ISM Services PMI. The former featured better-than-expected non-farm payrolls, average hourly earnings, and a steady unemployment rate versus expectations for an increase. The latter showed a larger-than-expected deceleration to December service sector growth. Together, these reports stirred, stirred uncertainty about rate-cut expectations. The 10-year yield shot to 4.09 after the jobs report. It moved as low as 395 following the PMI number, and it settled the day in at 4.04, which is five basis points higher than it did on Thursday. A late afternoon rollover in Apple shares weighed on the major indices following news that the Department of Justice is getting close to filing an antitrust case against Apple, according to the New York Times. But reviewing Friday's economic data, we saw that December non-farm payrolls came in at 216,000 and um, uh, that the uh, defem- private payrolls December were 164,000. We saw unemployment rate at 3.7%. December's average hourly earnings were up 4 tenths of 1%. And December's average work week was at 34.3 hours per week. That is also down about a tenth of 1% or tenth of 1 hour, I should say, for the month. The key takeaway from this report is it wasn't weak. So the market is going to have to grapple with the notion that the Fed may not cut rates as many times in 2024 as the market had come to expect at the end of last year. We also saw November factory orders up 2.6%. The key takeaway from this report is that the factory order strength was muted in November, excluding transportation. And then we had December's ISM non-manufacturing PMI came in at 50.6%. Uh, consensus had been 52.5, so that was below consensus, and a month ago it was at 52.7. So we are seeing a drop in the ISM non-manufacturing index. And the key takeaway is that the largest sector of the U.S. economy saw a slowdown in activity in December to a level that was just above contraction, a directional move that should at least keep the Fed from raising rates again if it doesn't elect to cut rates as soon as the market expects. So, so far through yesterday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the year is now down six-tenths of one percent. Your NASDAQ index is down 3.2. The S&P 500 is down one and a half, and the Russell index, the Russell 2000 index is down 3.7 percent. Well, you know, we have that old Christmas hit, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yet no one ever wrote a song called Santa Claus is Leaving Town, and for good reason. But reality sets in if there's a lot of work to do after a big celebration and the big man won't be back for a whole year. The Santa Claus rally in the equity markets for the last two months of the year was a wild celebration. The S&P 500 index more than doubled its return for the first 10 months of the year, up 10.7%, by adding another 14% in just 41 days prior to the end of the year with a massive annual return of 26%. And the much maligned Russell 2000 index of small cap stocks did even better since October 31st. It was down 4.5% through the first 10 months of the year, but it rallied 22% in the final two months and finished up 17% for the year. So as we continue to advocate meaning equity exposure, we believe that the market rally resulted from investors who belief that multiple interest rate cuts will materialize sometime in this next year, that earnings growth will reaccelerate to an above-average increase of 10% or more. For the market to go higher from here, the story will have to stay intact, and it'll have to get better during the year. More rate cuts and bigger earnings growth ending extending into 2025 is needed, in order to justify further stock gains. And none of this certainly is certainty by any means. We do know <clears throat> that uh, forecasting end returns doesn't work. At the beginning of 2022, the median forecast for the S&P 500 was 5,000 by December 31st, that was at the end of 22. Instead, the S&P finished at 38, 39. At the beginning of 23, The median forecast for 2023 was at 4,000, but the S&P 500 closed at 4,770. So forecasts for both years were massively off the mark. So where do we have the most conviction? Well, one belief is that the narrow market experience over the past 10 months of last year, or over the first 10 months of last year, is going to broaden out in 2024, just as it did in the last two months. As opposed to the first 10 months of 23, when only 27% of stocks outperformed the S&P index, we saw 56% of the stocks outperformed in the last two months of the year. While 2023 was highlighted by the seven largest, what we call the Magnificent Seven, mostly technology related stocks leading the market, we do believe that 2024 will see a broader participation for two reasons. One, valuations are significantly better outside of the largest mega cap names in the US market. And two, technology is not the only sector expected to experience strong earnings growth as sectors such as healthcare and industrial should also grow at an above average pace. So basically the final note here on what we expect this year, stay in the market, own a broad array of equities, is in our opinion there's a wider group of companies that will reward investors in twenty four than what we saw in 2023. We're going to go ahead and take our break a little bit early. We'll come back after a little news shot here, and we'll continue on with Wealth Wake Up Live. Thanks
3: for being with us. Tandoori Bites now in Bellingham and Linden. Linden residents can now enjoy the fresh and flavorful taste of Indian food in their own hometown. You'll be amazed at the unique menu of -of one-of-a-kind foods that takes your taste buds on a journey overseas. Enjoy a bountiful menu featuring tender butter chicken and succulent baked tandoori meats, plus plenty of vegetarian and halal options for a special dining experience eat family style complete with authentic Indian-style seating. The new Tandoori Bites Linden location also features a sports bar with local craft beers indian beer wine and a full cocktail menu tandoori bites linden is also home to all-time pizza 21 different flavorful pizzas to choose from with a tasty variety of fresh toppings locals love their buffalo chicken pizza or linden lion pizza and you'll love the flavors and freshness dine in or take out tandoori bites and all-time pizza in linden's bender plaza 8874 bender road just north of the ball fields stop by today for a unique dining experience
2: Homelessness is a challenge many face in Watcom County, but there is hope. Since 1923, the Lighthouse Mission Ministries has been providing shelter and services for those who need it most. Lighthouse Mission provides a safe and caring environment for individuals and families experiencing homelessness. The Mission offers a warm bed, hot meals, and supportive community to help hurting neighbors back on their feet. But they don't stop there. With the help of generous people in our community, the Lighthouse Mission also offers case management, addiction recovery services, job training, and educational resources to help people achieve. Achieve long-term success everyone deserves a chance to rebuild their life your help is needed to make that happen your donation will make a huge impact on the lives of men and women in our community please visit the lighthousemission.org to learn more about how you can help support our neighbors who are homeless your donation will make a huge impact on the lives of men and women in our community please visit the lighthousemission.org to learn more about how you can help support our neighbors who are homeless together we can provide a brighter future for those in need lighthouse mission Ministries where hope begins learn more at the lighthouse mission with more
4: than ever to connect to news and entertainment, 90% of new car buyers want the tried and true AM-FM radio option.
0: Gadgets are great, but when you're behind the wheel, you just want that local connection that you can't get from online apps.
4: Local radio is dependable and free with no subscription or cellular data required and no fumbling with a separate device.
0: Visit WeAreBroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM radio stations like KGMI and how you want AM included in your next new car. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. No gimmicks, just the highest quality systems, 0% interest financing, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Rely on West Mechanical heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Contact them today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
5: CBS News Brief. Amazingly, no one was hurt when a window blew out in midair aboard an Alaska Airlines flight over Oregon, creating a gaping hole. This woman was on board. All of a sudden, I heard, like, a big bang, and I didn't know exactly what was going on. I look up, and the oxygen masks were hanging from the ceiling. Three years after the deadly Capitol riot over Donald Trump's loss in the 2020 election, President Biden is warning voters about the stakes
3: this time around, saying every vote will count. As we begin this election year, we must be clear, democracy is on the ballot.
5: Your freedom is on the ballot. There's a nasty winter storm on the way, and meteorologist Jacob Wyckoff says Boston is in the crosshairs. Snowfall rates one to two inches
4: per hour. It's gonna pile up as you go out into Worcester County, expecting all snow. There will be a mix as you go towards Boston and then towards the South Shore. CBS News brief from Allison Keys. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget.
1: Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you this Saturday morning. We are live and we are in studio. And let's talk about, uh, we talk, focus a lot on some of the different sectors of the market. And, of course, we're seeing that the only constant we're seeing is change. And the most common question that we feel on an ongoing basis is what are our favorite sectors of the market? And sometimes that answer is more evident than it is at other times, and sometimes it only makes sense in hindsight. Only two sectors of the S&P 500 Index have been the top performers in back-to-back calendar years. Information technology was the first, posting the highest return in 2019, up 50.29%, and 2020 was up 43.89%. Energy was the second, posting the highest total returns in 2021, up 54.39 percent, and then again in 22 it was up over 65 percent, according to data from Bloomberg. So the top performing sectors and their total revenue returns for the fourth quarter of 2023 were number one, real estate, up 18.83 information percent; information technology, up 17.17 percent; and financials, up 13.98 percent and the total return on the S&P 500 was 11.68% over this period. The other eight sectors generated total returns ranging from 13%, which are industrials, to down 6.99% if you were in energy. By comparison, the top-performing sectors and their total returns for the fourth quarter of 22 were energy up 22.74%, industrials up 1918 and materials up 1505, the worst-performing Sectors for that same period were real estate down 382, communication services down 1.38%, and consumer discretionary was down 10.18%. So we're seeing that advances in artificial intelligence, or artificial intelligence, or AI, were a catalyst to the S&P 500 information technology and communication services indices last year. The total returns for information, technology, and communication sectors were 57.84% and 55.80, respectively, during the year. So the S&P 500 index posted a 26626 percent return last year, but nine of the 11 major sectors of that comprise the index were, uh, were positive on a total return basis. Again, that was very heavily driven by that so-called Magnificent Seven Stocks. So What what is our takeaway? Well, the top performing sectors often vary from quarter to quarter. Technology and energy stocks claim the top spot in three of the last four quarters. Developments in AI combined to boost revenue expectations at technology companies. And as of December 29th of last year, Data from Bloomberg revealed that revenues that companies that comprise the S&P 500 Technology Index are forecast to grow by 8.2% this year. The figure represents the highest year-over-year revenue growth estimate of the 11 sectors that comprise the broader S&P 500 Index. Revenue growth estimates for the S&P Healthcare Index came in at about 6.2%. And the S and P 500, information technology, and healthcare indices also boost the highest year-over-year earnings growth rate estimates for 2024, coming in at 17.7 and 17.5 percent, respectively. Will a different sector rise to the top in the first quarter of 24? We're going to have to look forward to seeing what those returns are as we move on into this year. Well, we have our little. Uh, this week, I like to focus on different topics, and this week, we're going to take a look at immigration in the United States, and the United States remains one of the few countries where people risk their lives daily to come in, not out of, so it's not a surprise that the largest immigration in the world, both legally and illegally, takes place here. Immigrants, Immigration today is different than it was 100 years ago at Isles Island then the doors were open welcoming welcoming anyone to the u.s but with no promises of extensive assistance the primary gift extended was the promise of freedom and the opportunity to work hard for a better life but today there are about one million people a year legally obtaining permanent resident status in the u.s however the more pressing concern lies in the increasing numbers entering illegally placing a substantial fiscal burden on u.s taxpayers and intensifying pressure on sectors like education, health care, and social welfare programs. To provide a, better da- provide a data-driven perspective on the current state of affairs, we're going to present the following thoughts. First of all, let's take a look at the nationwide enforcement encounters by the U.S. Border Patrol. In fiscal 2020-23, year annual encounters between U.S. Border Patrol agents and illegal immigrants reaching the U.S. hit eye-watering historic highs. Notably, the figures in 22 and 21 rank as the second and third largest, respectively, dating back to the 1920s. These encounters comprise two main categories, apprehensions, which are migrants that are taken into custody in the U.S., at least temporarily, to await adjudication, and expulsions, which are migrants that are immediately expelled to their home country or the last country of transit without being held in U.S. custody. The majority of encounters fall under the apprehension apprehension category. In these cases, individuals are briefly held within the U.S. but are often subsequently released as the existing court infrastructure struggles to manage the sheer volume of cases. This intricate dynamic underscores the challenges and complexities inherent in the current landscape of illegal immigration into the u s Second, let's take a look at the u s border patrol encounters by states, reflecting in recent years a significant number in the num- uh, surge in the number of encounters occurred largely along the southern border. Texas experienced the highest number of encounters with Arizona and California following behind. The southern border continues to be a focal point for illegal crossings in the U.S. in the fiscal year of 23. The top five nationalities involved in the largest encounters of undocumented individuals were as follows. Mexicans, 735,937. Venezuelans, 334,914. Guatemalans, 221,849. Hondurans, 216,028. And Cubans, 200,000 and So let's talk a little bit about the fiscal burden of illegal immigration on the US taxpayers according to a 2023 cost study. In early 2023, the Federation of American Immigration Reform, which is a group that advocates for lower levels of immigration, released this 2023 cost estimate detailing the fiscal impact of illegal immigration. According to their findings, the financial burden on U.S. taxpayers in 2023 was projected to be at least $150 billion. That's reflecting roughly a 30% increase over the past five years. So based on calculations, this translates to an annual cost of approximately $1,000 for every American taxpayer due to illegal immigration. Think about that one. Okay. Well, we're also seeing that we are a data-driven economy in today's economy. Data is the new oil, an essential raw material fueling digital transformation. We believe that businesses increasingly need to digitize and organize their data in order to automate process and become more efficient now how how might investors potentially benefit from the economy's increasing dependence on data well. The amount of data being generated is soaring. This surge, coupled with the pressuring need to utilize data for software-driven automation, highlights the growing importance of data storage and organization. As a result, Gartner estimates that the worldwide database will grow 17% annually over the next four years. But data can be either structured or unstructured. Structured data is commonly organized into rows and columns and stored in relational databases, i.e. it's a collection of information and organized data in predetermined relationships, supporting applications such as customer relationship management or billing systems. But on the other hand, we have unstructured data, that encompassing formats such as text messages and emails, social media, web pages, business documents, is stored in non-relational databases. Generative AI, for example, is particularly dependent on this kind of data for its training. Further, unstructured data and non-relational databases are growing faster than structured, structured databases. So we believe that database management is an attractive area of growth, given how important it is to the digital transformation of corporations which allows for significant efficiency and service improvements for investors looking to tap into expanding data economy database platform companies may offer a compelling opportunity over the long term. So one of those areas to kind of keep an eye on. Well, IRS has come out with uh, some tax changes for 2024. Uh, Basically we think that, uh, it thinks it can also help increase your paychecks and lower your taxes. So why does that matter? Well, our cost of living adjustments, such as those on taxes, wages, and Social Security payments, are crucial as consumers cope with inflation and high prices. The big picture is that the new IRS tax brackets increase standard deductions going to affect January 1st, along with tax inflation adjustments that include mileage rate adjustment by 1.5 cents a mile, and higher contribution limits for your tax-deferred retirement plans. The tax inflation adjustment is applied to tax returns that will be filed in 2025. So let's take a zoom in here, and the IRS has also changed 2024 withholding tables, which determine how much money employers should withhold from their employee wages and paychecks for federal taxes take a quick look at the income tax brackets. The IRS adjusts its tax brackets every year in an attempt to stop bracket creep. What happens when inflation pushes taxpayers into a higher income tax bracket without an increase in real income? So we saw the 10% increase or the 10% uh, bracket increase now where you're in 10% bracket up to $23,200 or less in income couple of other brackets out there, a 22% bracket, um, now goes up to 201149 for couples. It brings between 94000 of income and 201000 So depending on your income as it goes up, each 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 bracket or each stage of your income, you're going to get hit with a higher tax bracket. Also, we're sawing that your standard deductions for 2024 uh, the uh, uh, for married couples finally joining it will be twenty nine thousand two hundred dollars that's a fifteen hundred dollar increase from the twenty seven seven that last year and for single taxpayers the standard deduction will be fourteen six which is an increase of seven hundred and fifty dollars for heads of household the standard deduction will be twenty one thousand nine hundred that's an increase of eleven 1, hundred from two thousand twenty three And for those married that are over the age of 65, you can add $1,550 per person or a total of $3,100 per couple for the over age 65 standard deduction. We're also seeing that you can contribute more to your retirement plans, $23,000 to 401Ks, your 403Bs, and 457 plans. That is $500 more than last year. Um, You also have... uh, IRA contributions that are now up to $7,000 from $6,500, your catch-up contributions remain at $1,000 according to IRAs, and your 401ks, the contribution limit is now the, for, the, for over age 50, you can add an additional $7,500. So the income ranges for determining eligibility to make deductible contributions to your traditional IRA, to contribute to a Roth IRA, and to claim the saver's credit all increased in 2024. So basically, we need to be smart. The IRS raised the limit for 2024 contributions, also for your. Uh, uh, flexible savings or uh, spending arrangements, and that went from up to thirty-two thousand five, or three. 000, well, that went up to. I'm sorry, get my tongue turned around. That went up to thirty-two hundred dollars from three thousand and fifty dollars last year. So, seeing some higher brackets, higher savings brackets, put away more money, pay a little bit lower taxes on what you're making. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening.
4: jump for joy because summit adventure park in bellingham is coming to pnw perks this thursday you can score a two-hour jump pass for two at summit adventure park for half the price this thursday at pnwperks.com don't get stuck inside this winter. Get to Summit Adventure Park, the place for fun, exercise, and the best birthday parties with high-performance trampolines, giant slides, dodgeball, wall climbing, and so much more. You'll love Summit's new monthly membership. Become a member for just 25 bucks and jump for two hours every day for just 25 bucks a month. Plus, Summit has the best birthday packages in town. Invite all your friends for two hours of fun, including pizza and no cleanup for mom and dad either. And monthly members receive 20% off the best birthday parties head to summit.com for more information on memberships and birthday parties and this thursday at pnwperks.com get a two-hour jump pass for two at summit adventure park for the price of one summit adventure park on meridian next to home goods in bellingham because there ain't no doubt i love this land
1: god bless the u.s Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up Live. Dick Donahue with you. If you got questions for me, give me a call, 360 733 1200. Well, we saw, as I mentioned earlier, quite a bit of volatility this week in our Treasury interest rates. And the Treasuries as a whole plunged as job creation pace dims and wages on the federal cuts. The uh, Treasury extended their sell off this week after December job creation. <laughs> Um, greatly exceeded forecasts, speeding a further pairing of expectations that the Federal Reserve cuts will uh, interest rates as soon as March, and they will probably uh, be lower than expected. Yields on all maturities rose sharply. Two-year yields climbed 10 basis points to around 4.48% before uh, pairing their gains, and the benchmark 10-year note jumped 7 basis points to 4.07%. So, in the immediate aftermath of the data release, swap contracts t- tied to Fed meeting dates priced in slightly less than the 50% chance of a quarterly uh, quarter-point rate increase or drop decrease in, in March. That's down from 60% at the start of the day on Friday. Traders also briefly paired expectations of cuts this year to 125 basis points. That would be a full five cuts. Previously, they had expected. Cuts of around 1.45% this year. The probability of a March cut is now hovering near 50%. swaps Swaps imply a total of 130 basis point policy change this year, as I just mentioned. It's clear the Fed is going to be waiting a while before it starts cutting rates because the labor market is still strong and the wage growth is still quite strong as well. So following their last meeting of the year, the Fed policymakers published new quarterly forecasts for the outlook on the rates of funds, and they projected three quarter point cuts this year. The U.S. central bank left its target range for the rates unchanged in December at five and a quarter to five and a half. The Fed will begin its next two day meeting on January 30th. There'll be 200, there was a 216,000 increase in the new jobs last month. That was well above the 175,000 consensus forecast by economists surveyed by Bloomberg. Wage gains were also well above most forecasts. So the rebound in Treasury yields to start the year comes after bonds rallied sharply in the last two months of last year. That saw U.S. bonds eke out a small annual gain. Following deep back to back losses in 21 and 22 as inflation surged and the Fed tightened monetary policy. So, with a mild winter so far, job number typically bolstered by seasonal hiring and anticipated strong and better than con- uh, consensus number than what we were expecting. This number does question the confidence of the market around a March cut. So, starting to see some question marks about. If we'll see a cut, how big a cut we're going to see, we'll just have to continue to keep an eye on that one. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about steps that you can take to boost your near retirement income, your retirement savings. If you're retiring, you're nearing retirement, you're worried about you may not have enough saved. So let's start out talking about, um, number one, it can be an exciting time as you approach retirement you think about the many ways that you hope to enjoy your golden years, but it can also be daunting, especially if you feel like you haven't saved enough to sustain the lifestyle that you have in mind. According to the 2023 Retirement Confidence Survey by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, or EBRI, nearly a third of American workers do not feel confident in their ability to save enough money to live comfortably throughout their retirements. Fortunately, There are some proactive steps that you can take to boost your retirement savings. But first of all, you need to start out by assessing your financial situation. A crucial step in addressing your retirement concerns is to take a comprehensive look at your current situation. This includes identifying your assets, your debts, your income sources, and monthly expenses, and using this information to create a detailed budget. There are plenty of online budgeting worksheets that you can use to help you see where your money is going you can identify where to cut back, such as dining out less, frequently or, find, frequently or finding more budget-friendly entertainment options. You might also consider downsizing your living arrangements to free up additional funds for your retirement savings. And then number two, maximize your retirement contributions. So contributing the maximum amount of your retirement savings accounts each year is another way to max build your savings. As I mentioned earlier, the 2024 limit for various retirement plans, such as 401ks and 403bs, is now $23,000. If you're age 50 or over, you can put away an additional $7,500 in what we call catch up contributions. This can make a substantial difference in the years leading up to your retirement, helping you build up more of a financial cushion for those post retirement years. The third step that the option that people have is they could extend their working years. It is one of the most effective ways to increase your savings or to delay your retirement date and continue working. If you participate in an employer-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 401k or a 403b, this also is going to allow you to keep contributing money and taking advantage of your employer match if offered for a longer period. An employer match is getting, to, getting a raise for saving for retirement can provide a substantial addition to your retirement assets. Delaying retirement also allows the potential for your existing savings to continue to grow and earnings to compound over time. And by working longer, especially past your full retirement age, you can also add to your years' earnings, but you can also lead to higher Social Security benefits. For example, if you work past your uh, Uh, Full retirement age, and let's take today, it's 67. But for each year that you continue to work, you have an automatic 8% increase in the amount of your Social Security benefits plus the cost of living that takes place each year. The fourth uh, point here is that you can explore alternative income streams. The idea of continuing full employment doesn't appeal to you. Consider exploring part-time job opportunities, freelance work that aligns with your skills and interests, Part-time work may provide an extra income to allow you to enjoy a more flexible retirement lifestyle. You can also explore other options to generate income from renting space in your if you in your residential property, for example, turning a lifetime hobby into a side business, and take a course to, take a look at looking at where you're in what your money is making, of course. So you can seek professional advice, speaking speaking to a financial advisor. Retirement planner can be Invaluable when looking at your savings projected income during retirement, these professionals can help guide you toward a more secure financial future by helping you make informed investment decisions and develop a well-thought-out personalized retirement strategy that considers all of your income streams. Depending on your age and other factors, you can also help you determine the level of risk that you're willing to achieve for your financial goals. This um, should also help speak to your benefits department and learn about your retirement savings plans. So feeling you haven't saved enough money as you near retirement age can be stressful, but it's not a situation without solutions. Although with tips we've talked about may seem obvious, all too often individuals fail to make meaningful action on these and other helpful steps in order to save. It's important to remember that it's never too late to take action and boost your savings in pursuit of a more financially secure retirement. And, of course, we work with our clients. We do a lot of retirement capital projections, so we have budget worksheets that you can work with where you can sit down and figure out what you're currently spending. Uh, we can also help you sit down and help you analyze your tax returns, and we scan in your tax return and take a look at the, where your money's flowing as far as taxes. So there are a number of planning tools that we have that we can help you and uh, uh, just kind of let you know those are out there. Uh, maybe not going to get through all of this, but um, a lot of cases, especially as people get married, the, the finances are a big issue about how do they merge their financial households. And we're finding that uh, there's basically three choices that we find. One is merging everything. One of those benefits there is that the transparency, both partners have full access to information about each other's income and spending patterns. We also find that there's some psychological benefit of building wealth together as a unit. Many couples, this aligns with their personal or spiritual values as well. The concerns of merging everything may arise with income and expenses that are unequal by one or two parties. The second would be to keep it separate. Uh, there's also issues that have come up here. When approaching marriage, many individuals have built substantial wealth, they have their own significant cash flows, they've adopted workable approaches to their financial management. So merging these practices with a spouse or long-term partner can represent a challenge. Uh, there's a lot of different things that have to be looked at. Uh, separated finances can be particularly tricky when one party earns a significantly higher income than the other. One party earns more. They should be able to spend more. What if the spouse is earning less because of making sacrifices to the partnership like raising children? A lot of values discussions that we think that are looking at the third thing is a hybrid where we have some joining of, of finances, where you have some separate and some joint. Again, we find that this is a case of, of um, especially where there's unequal assets, there's a lot of discussion. We also uh, throw out a little caution here about commingling of assets, um, especially uh, um, especially in a lot of cases, especially with second second marriages, uh, it is important for you to sit down and discuss it with professionals and make sure that you uh, really want to just make sure that everything's titled correctly, uh, especially in the case of marriages where there could be a divorce and these kind of things. These are all things for us to think about. we got to get out of here. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up Live. Don't forget our show tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And I hope you have a great week. Give us a call if you got questions, 360-733-1200.
5: Voiced on the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.